This is the Pants Off Podcast. Take your pants off. Take your pants off. As sporadic. As a torrid office affair that casually meets for Trist at the local discount store parking lot, you are listening to the Pants Off Podcast, everything music, arts, and entertainment, just two people having a conversation about the latter and all other kinds of multiversatile bullshit. My name is Brian Campos, and before we go any further, Pants Off Podcast is a free podcast coming to you every so often when I feel like putting them out. You can hear us, stream us, download us for free on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Mobile users, download those apps. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, however it is you choose to listen to us. Whether you're hunting treasure chests, playing chess, or kicking concert goers in the chest, whichever way you choose to do so, I want to let you know that I do appreciate it. We are on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm still on that email. Nobody ever sends anything, but if you do, that address is paintoppodcast at gmail.com. Send me information about your projects, bands, upcoming shows, links to your pages, or you just want to debate me about the differences between metal subgenres, I'll be sure to check them out. I want to welcome any new listeners and welcome back in the old ones. If you like what we're doing here, tell your friends about us. Share those links on social media. Make a vague post about it. Tell everyone there's this cool thing that only you know about. Let's get the word out there. So it's been about six months since I last did an episode, and what can I say? I've just been busy living life and not doing the podcast. I ran a fucking marathon last fall. It was pretty intense, and I can say I almost let it own me. I almost didn't finish it because it was physically one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, but in the end, I did it. And that's one of the small accomplishments I did during my time off. That, I did a lot of traveling. I also did a handful of episodes of Upstairs Iowa, the web series that can be viewed on Facebook, YouTube, and Vimeo. We did episodes with Night Stories, Karen Meat, and Buzz Owen, with a lot more in the works for 2019. I've had a blast working on that show with Transpiritus. Subscribe to their video channels as to not miss any future episodes of Upstairs Iowa or any of their bonus content. Transpiritus does a majority of the production on that series and is the brainchild of Bo Becker, who may or may not so coincidentally be our guest today. Bo Becker is a musician, film producer, audio engineer, clothing line designer guy, a man of many fucking hats, and all of which I'm sure he wears backwards. He takes the media very naturally, and I'm a tad jealous. Whether it's producing videos for a list of central Iowa bands to playing in a shit ton of bands himself, bands like Land of Blood and Sunshine, Idolist, Glass Ox, and in the last year, joining the revered Marshalltown hardcore collective Modern Life is War. Bo has grown up in Marshalltown and holds his hometown dear to his heart. From 10 years old, Bo was witness to the blossoming ska punk and hardcore scene that was vibrant up there in the early 2000s to playing in his own bands like My Armageddon. While the scene up in that area has simmered over the years, Bo has kept it alive in some capacity, whether it's playing shows, booking shows, or filming bands. So, in the spring of 2018, it only seemed fitting that when Modern Life is War were in need of a guitar player to fill 
fill in on an impending European tour, they came calling on Bo to fill in. His history with the band and his natural ability to acclimate into the fold saw him virtually become a full-time member at the conclusion of that tour. He talks about some of the future Modern Life is War plans on here for this year, including a tour of Australia and scheduled recording for later in the summer with a guest producer. In between all of that in the last year, he managed to help write and record a new Land of Blood Sunshine record with Nick Beard and company, as well as a solo ambient record. Seriously, the dude is a machine. It's hard to keep up. And also, he and Beard are relaunching a t-shirt line called HDNMSG. I've enjoyed getting to know Bo over the past couple years. I'm beyond ecstatic. He continues to include me in Upstairs, Iowa, where there are certainly more qualified and less cretinous candidates he could have gone with. But I especially enjoy our post-production chats we've been having that include, but not limited to, who were some of the best Mars Volta drummers and the albums we collectively hate. All in all, just a couple of music nerds who like to create and talk shop. And before we roll in, let's talk about another thing. He also plans on recording a new record for his black metal project, Idolist, which I'm going to play a track from called Garden of Fear off their 2017 self-titled release which is available on their Bandcamp, either digitally or on cassette. Now, before we get to it, the elephant in the room, yes, I've been on sabbatical. Will I do more podcasts? Does anyone give a shit? I have a couple booked. I just got back from a trip to Ireland, which was sweet. So hopefully I get into the swing again. I've had a lot of time to reflect on this podcast journey over the past year. I just feel that it's important that I continue to do it, although it's unclear on how regularly or as to what goal. The fire has always been there. It's just time has just not been on my side. I'm sure a lot of you can relate. So I'm just going to do it when I have time and I fucking feel like it. I know that's not the best answer, but it's all I got for now. So let's bust out the clippers and cut back some of these thick, yellow, crusty toenails we've let go and clip on into Pants Off Podcast, episode 122, Bo Becker, Tay Gum.
I'm going to get popcorn lung. <laughs> Have you heard about that? Yeah. <laughs> I just read about it and I threw away the case for that thing. So I don't know if it has the stuff that gives you popcorn lung. So wait, I wait, might get okay, it. Okay, what is popcorn lung again? <coughs> I think it's from... Oh, vaping. It's Well, they say it's from vaping. They haven't had any like good evidence of it. But it's something to do with like popcorn... Popcorn factory? I don't know. I was yeah. reading like a Reddit thread, so I don't know what kind of accuracy is I read involved in this. something. We, we were talking about it and laughing about it a while ago. I fucking forget. It's not going to be funny when I have popcorn. <laughs> okay. So something I've been dying to ask you for a year now. What is Bo short for? Uh, Nothing. <laughs> it's just your name is just Bo. My name's just Bo. Wow. Because I was like. Tempted Bo- to look it up, like, because people get the nickname. Bo. Beauregard. Beauregard? No, it's not Beauregard. That'd be sick. It has to be spelled B-E-A-U. And, and every just... time I'm at, like, a, a restaurant or something, or, like, a, like Taco John's or something, they'll be like, how do you spell that? And I'll I'll just be like, however you want to. B-O-W? They'll be like, oh, like, is that B-A-U? And they'll try and do X. B-A-U. <laughs> like, yeah. Lebo, Lebois? I've had, yeah, I've had every... <laughs> B O B O H was I think one of my favorites. Someone spelled it B O H. That's fine. Because uh, oh yeah, that just like throws everything off. Because I was just like, you know, you don't like look like a bow. Because when you think of yeah, when I think of bow, my my buddy bow, my cousin bow, there's a lot. There's a lot of that down in Des Moines. Mostly I don't know. a name for a dog. Yeah. Is my name. That's what I think. You're like oh, it just it fits. Yeah. Obama's dog's name was Bo. Shoot. That didn't help things. <laughs> Wherever you stand on the spectrum, that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Do you ever get any jokes about being related to Ted Danson? No, those literally <laughs> went away when the show went away. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, there was a show in the 90s, early 2000s yeah. called Becker. Becker. Where Ted Danson played a drunk doctor. He was a drunk? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a piece of shit. I don't know if he was a drunk. <laughs> the character or Ted Danson, actually? <laughs> Ted Ted Danson is a beautiful, perfect person. <laughs> How dare in real you life. be smirched. He is a wonderful man. Uh, you're not originally from here, though. Right? I mean, yeah, I pretty much am. I think I, I think I moved here, this area, when I was like two or something. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I was born right outside of Houston mm. and then moved to this area when i'm super super small so what brought you here well i didn't i had nothing i was a baby i didn't know what i was doing well i mean like what was was it like your parents well yeah like my my dad's originally from this area Oh, okay and then he just moved to texas for work and then ended up moving back because it sucked or something i don't know (laughs) because he because he had three kids all of a sudden and was like yeah i should just move back home i don't know yeah probably a lot cheaper yeah even back in the 80s so yeah, you're pretty much you're Marshall, pretty much Marshall, you're Marshall town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the standard the standard question: uh, What was the first tape or CD that you ever remember getting? Well, the first any kind of thing I remember listening to there was two records. There was "Ride the Lightning" by Metallica, and then "Hell Awaits" by Slayer. I remember being like the first two. I remember like looking at the sleeves of the LPs because my dad had them. And that was like my first memory of music wow. that I can think of. And then as far as like the first, I think the first tape that I ever bought was the Blue Album 
by Weezer at just like a local place here in Marshalltown. What was the place? Uh, it's called Odds and Ends. It's uh, still, still yeah, it's ecstatic. it's wax ecstatic. Yeah, yeah, they're like combined. Wasn't there a couple different ones, like a couple different record stores, or was it just like Sam uh, Goody? I mean, yeah, I I just went to Sam Goody or else or else the Odds, Odds and, and Ends was the only other one. Okay. Yeah, there may have been something else. I don't really know. Somebody but... who may or may not have been a past guest on this show said they used to rip CDs off of Sam Goody and then oh, sell Oh, well, there was, there was Hastings. 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 That was the one that everyone stole from. I actually never stole from Hastings. <laughs> I was a very good boy. Uh, Hastings was awesome because, I mean, they just had tons of used CDs. All the CDs were in the cases, you know, like you could just go grab them and then yeah. there was no, like, real protection like Sam Goody would have those like, um, those like plastic like security things mm-hmm. on them. But yeah, this was just like a free for all, and people would just steal shit all the time. Employees would steal well, shit. I think, I think people were there was an inn at Sam Goody, and they were able to get the plastic off and take them and then sell them to Hastings as used. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that totally could be a thing. Pretty, I pretty good I know trips. people that who work who worked at both of them, and I don't know who was involved in anything. I guess they're but... both closed now, so like there wouldn't be any litigation. <laughs> but I mean, that person may or may not be in a band with you currently. So I mean, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> the statue of limitations. Yeah. So how old were you when you started playing? Um. Well, my dad played drums, so I had a drum set in the house. When I was really little, so I, I think the earliest I remember playing drums was at probably four or five maybe and then uh i think when i was like in middle school or something i got a guitar and then started playing guitar all the time and that was pretty much my main kind of instrument after a while so but you play you play everything don't you yeah i mean i i play drums a little bit and then guitar is my main instrument and then i've recently tried to get like really good at bass but I can mess around with pretty much whatever. Yeah. It sounds like kind of like I know what I'm doing, but <laughs> you're kind of, I mean, you're into a bunch of shit, but, but you're, you really enjoy your power metal. Um, am I right? Are you saying wrong? like heavy metal, like heavy metal, like, like, like older well, heavy metal. Yeah. Like Iron yeah. Maiden and priest and shit like that. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> what is quintessential, uh, old school heavy metal or power metal? Well, the albums I mentioned, uh, my first two, Hell Awaits by Slayer and Ride the Lightning by Metallica. Those are kind of thrash. Though. It's if still we, heavy metal. If we want to, if we want to nitpick, I mean, well, if you want really nitpick, like power metal isn't really Iron Maiden. Power metal is more of the like, almost like symphonic kind of like hmm. kind of sound. But no, I mean, I would say the the big ones for me, just like old heavy metal stuff, would be. Sad Wings of Destiny by Judas Priest, which is super, super heavy album. Not really like their Breaking the Law or any of the other like mm-hmm. big kind of songs they have. It's more like slow and heavy and like kind of fuzzy. That's a huge one. What What were uh, some of the early bands that you were in? Because you've always kind of been in bands, right? Yeah. I mean, I it was until I was out of high school, it was pretty much just like me and a couple other people. Yeah. And then we would be like trying to figure out how to kick someone out of the band and be like, well, we're just going to break up. And then, you know, then you start with a new name and then mm-hmm. it's just that one person's missing. What were like some of the, the names of those early bands? Oh, man. <laughs> there was one like there was like one year where we went through like seven different names for our band. We had the Box Fan Tragedy. Like my my friend Colin, I think he would always like he'd sleep with like a Box Fan 
and I think it broke, and he was really upset. And we're like, oh, it's a tragedy. The box fan tragedy. Box fan tragedy. I thought and you then, said box man tragedy. It's yeah. also pretty good. Uh, and then we had, like, mustard fish, <laughs> which is, like, a weird ripoff of mustard plug, mm-hmm. but it's not really the same thing. We had... An, uh, and I'm going to get shit for this because I'm not going to remember what it was. And I know people s- say this to me a lot. We had a straight edge one that was like X something X. And it was a huge ripoff of another like straight edge band. And I didn't come up with the name, so it doesn't matter. I can't remember the name of it now. And then, Solidarity. And then, yeah. And then it, and then we ended up turning into uh, Meyer Mageddon was like our, what we landed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, but that was pretty, it was pretty much just the same people. Just mm-hmm. like three or four people. Who, who was those people? Uh... Colin Waters and Josh Smith was he was in Myrmageddon. And then yeah, it was kinda like a revolving door as far as other people in the band. Yeah. They kinda didn't really like go and continue with a lot of music after that. I know Colin did with uh, a band called uh Anno Domine out of Cedar Falls. They kinda did stuff for a while, but yeah, it's in the last one standing <laughs> doing music. <laughs> trying to do something. Was My Armageddon did you tour with that band? Yeah, we did just like a one time kind of thing right after high school, just for like a couple of weeks. We toured with uh approaching Nain, which was Drew from Druids and uh Kyler was in that band. Okay. Cause, yeah, because Kyler was trying to tell me a story not too long ago about being on tour with your band way back when. Yeah. But of course, in typical Kyler fashion, we lost the point of what even the story was going to be, or even why we were even talking about it to begin with. <laughs> Where all did you go? It was just like Midwest. Yeah, like we. I think we kind of snaked up to like South Dakota, then Minnesota, then I don't know, maybe Quad Cities area, and then what kind of music was my Armageddon? <sighs> like I guess metal, hardcore area. It was weird because it was just kind of like almost metalcore for the music, but then Josh's vocals were like kind of really weird, and uh, he would kind of sing and then scream, and it was just it was it was just kind of strange mix of stuff. We never really landed on anything solid. We just weren't that good. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pretty much Marshalltown now for forever, like you said, like you said. So you were around for like when it was kind of like in a vibrant music scene around here. Yeah, like with before like... everything died. <laughs> That's everywhere, though. Yeah. Uh, but like, I what... mean, yeah, so when I was in like fourth grade, you know, I was just like a tiny little kid. Me and my friend Colin, like his older brother was like the same age as all of the, the people booking shows in the scene. And so we would go to like Modern Life is War shows or their like My Pet Robot, which was the band before and uh safety second second, yeah Yeah. and like we would go see all those bands play and you were like fucking 10 years old little tiny kid that's like i definitely stuck out yeah but i was yeah it was like colin was cool because his older brother was in the scene and so i would just kind of tag along with him and uh like kind of got to meet people but never really got like in right because you you know because i was just like a little kid yeah yeah and uh yeah, but I like hit all the all the spots, you know, that shows were at in town. It was yeah, it was really cool. It was inspiring to see cuz I my first like concert I ever went to was just a local show. Mm-hmm. Like I never went to like a big, you know, like arena. Yeah, like a big arena show. 
before and even didn't really for a really long time but yeah it was it was really cool and then so when i you know me and my friends kind of got into high school or middle school or whatever we just started booking our own shows and then when all those guys kind of moved on or whatever we took over and tried to keep it going and then we moved on and now there's just nothing (laughs) in (laughs) town who were some of the bands that you guys brought in like when you guys were booking shit i mean we never did anything crazy it was all just local but like airbag saved my life i remember which was luke luke rao was in that band tyler Uh, frazier yeah uh nick frampton i believe Mm -hmm. at one point i mean they were they were kind of a thing like nationally too yeah they had like write-ups and like alternative press and shit right and that was kind of like a I think that was like a Pella connection since we've been mm-hmm. approaching Dane guys and then Luke was connected with them. So I think that's how we worked that out. But When Luke was like 500 pounds? I don't, no, he was a little guy then. Oh, yeah. But I know like with the, the older crew, they booked uh, like Avenged Sevenfold. Really? Played Marshtown, yeah. Like oh, I saw shit. them play with Bleeding Through. Yeah, where? Like Impala? It was, no, it was... Uh, no, definitely not. It was like... I, uh, it was either at the the St. Henry's school like gym, like we would some, sometimes they would get rented out or it was at, um, fuck, I can't remember the name of the place, but it's like a Salvation Army now, hmm. but just not a big place. Yeah. And then there's other bands that came through, uh, further seems forever I came through. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the dashboard confessional guy oh. that was his old band i thought it was like metal oh, they were like a metalcore band no <laughs> they were a little lighter but yeah the, the weird like amounts of kind of national bands came through marshtown and then we took over and it was like it kind of fell apart you, you so. killed you killed the town yeah pretty much <laughs> so obviously modern life was a, a big influence on you yeah uh john ike told me a story some time ago that uh uh, I think I know what the story is going to be. When the, the <laughs> uh, who was the old drummer? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Delivered a pizza to your house. Oh, this story. And this that, is a good one. <laughs> that um, you were just kind of a little bit, little fanboyed out and had him. I was sign just your like, records. Tyler. Tyler's delivering pizza. And I was like, dude. And I had the Marshalltown press, like of the of Witness, like when they played the release show in Marshalltown, and something somewhere John ended up signing it and it wasn't by my decision. I feel like, <laughs> and so I was like, well shit, I should just get everyone's signature on it. Cause it's cool. Yeah. I'm not like really a person that's like, I need you to sign this, but I felt like that was kind of an important piece of Marshalltown, like kind of the scenes history. So I thought, I, don't know, I was like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. And I was, you know, I think I was drunk or something. So I was just like, <laughs> and then you said, keep the change. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> what, that was that was John. Uh, his end of the story. That's that's John's side of the story. <laughs> I don't think I fucking said that. Keep the change. Only man. because I probably paid with a card. That's why I'm thinking that. <laughs> but I'm. I just yeah. I, I actually did end up getting all of the rest of the signatures on it. Yeah. Also not by my will. And it was when I just had like a housewarming party and all the guys came over. And I think Carolyn kind of colluded with Moon and then they got them all signed. God, the wife's embarrassing me. For guys get. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was something that had to happen, I guess. And you like, you know, you were telling me you have like 
X amount of fucking all the various pressings of like Witness. And... I don't have a ton, but yeah. I I do have a lot of records. It, it's it's definitely been a joke that I'm the biggest fan in the band of the band <laughs> and may own more pressings than other people definitely than luke <laughs> not that it's a contest uh but like now like you're fucking kind of in the band now right is it yeah a, is it official yeah i'm the guitar player i mean you you were in the promo uh the promo shot on the uh the prp with your with your hat on backwards, which I don't think you got the memo about, but uh, I got—I am bald. <laughs> so. I was just giving you shit. Yeah, do I, something. I wrote that shit on there, and it was fucking—it <laughs> still makes me laugh. Yeah, because I—do you remember? Like, I don't even remember the name of the website, but it was called like "Are you, are you serious, bro?" or like "Are you kidding me?" or something. Mm. And it was like shitty ass band photos. Oh, and it was like another yeah. brick wall again. Yeah, or it's like dudes like in front of like some really lame like building. It's like, geez, guys, nice effort. <laughs> so that's how I was like, so and so like was wearing a blue shirt, and everyone was wearing black. It's right, like, obviously didn't get the memo. Yeah, <laughs> we did have a little discussion about our photos. I mean, we did them in Marshalltown, you know, and like right after the tornado went through, and so it was just kind of like, okay, let's not let's not take pictures in front of you know, rubble or something like. Yeah, that'd this be is kind of this tasteless. is yeah, like this is still kind of like a a rough area or whatever. Yeah. And this was before we took the a lot of the photos in front of uh, our friend Garrett's restaurant, Flying Elbow, mm-hmm. um, right, pretty much right before it got torn down, which is still really depressing. But <laughs> uh, um, but you can kind of like see the sign for the the business in a couple of the shots. So has that like kind of sunk in, or is it like something you don't like? Was it something like when you were a kid, if like somebody told you you'd be playing guitar in modern life, would it have been like, whoa, no? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, it's fine. I would have, I would have been like, nah, there's no way. That doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> I just would have been like, I'm not that good at guitar. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, we all know each other and I live in Marshalltown and we've done shows together with, you know, other bands I'm in or whatever and. It just kind of made sense. So it's it just really. kind of natural when yeah. the other member left, they asked you to come Yeah. In. It wasn't really like a bunch of tryouts or anything. It was just kind of like, oh, let's just, you know. We choose you. Let's just. <laughs> you work for now and we'll see. Yeah. It, it was it was super, like, comfortable and we get along super, super well and it's just a great time. Was it like, wasn't like the, was the first shows the European shows? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it was definitely a thing. It was kind of crazy because they're just like hey like you should join up with us and we're not going to play any shows for a couple months and the first one's going to be in switzerland so it's like <laughs> oh, okay <shit>. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of like it kind of kept me up at night a little bit but <laughs> but it was fine once once it got rolling it was fine yeah and probably the fact that you were available just to be like oh yeah just, you can go to europe with us for a couple weeks too so that probably yeah. helped a lot yeah i have i have like a flexible job and everything so it yeah. was it was good. So now having done a good handful of shows with them, toured Europe, uh, going to Australia in a couple weeks? Yeah. Just for like a week in March. It's going to be real fun. Recorded a couple EPs. Was, were you with them on that or were those already recorded? No, the first two came out before I joined up. And uh-huh. then we're going to the studio in June, I think. And then putting out another two, I think, this year, possibly. Oh. Were you going to do that at Flat Black again, or do you guys yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. 
we're having i think we're tracking there and i don't know if i'm like not supposed to say anything but uh, it's up to you da- david from culture abuse is gonna produce or at least co-produce the next two because we're recording four songs so the next two singles is he gonna come here to do it yeah fuck yeah so he's he's gonna be at flat black when we track I have to come say hi. Yeah, no, it'll be really fun. I'm. It, we kind of like moved our schedule around to make it work. Cause, David's the fucking shit. Yeah, and then we're just gonna mix in Des Moines at um the establishment. Griffin Landa, the yep. Acacia strain. So that'll be good. Lots of solid fucking dudes, man. Some, in my opinion, I guess on the outside, modern life is one of the more famous things to come out of Marshalltown. Besides, I would say, uh, what's it, the Maid Right? And then Lennox. Uh, what's what was that actress? That actress, Jean Seberg. Jean Seberg. Yeah, it's real, real classy gal. <laughs> um, she still haunts the Orpheum. Yeah. Is that is that not a, a I don't know a wise tale? I don't know. That might be true. I thought you said. I thought you were the one who told me that. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't say that. No, <laughs> I hundred percent. I'm not trying say to that. start something here. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> How did I guess the tornadoes the last summer that like devastated a lot of the area and the people yeah. that you know like how how did that affect you and everything? I mean, I live on like the super south side of town and we didn't get like anything in terms of like the storm or damage. Um, so I kind of felt bad. I mean, I was relieved that I didn't, you know, because I like, just bought a house in town and I was just like, obviously, no one wants their house to get blown away, but. Right. I was just like, wow, like, I'm so relieved nothing happened to me. And, you know, then you drive right over the bridge to the north side of town, and it's just, like, devastation. A lot of poor neighborhoods just got just the worst of it. All of our downtown stuff. Yeah, so I I threw together, like, a little benefit concert, and uh, we raised, like, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars or something. So still hopefully helps someone. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it didn't really affect me personally, but yeah, like a lot of my friends were affected, and it was uh, just really terrible. I've always had fears of a tornado striking my town, but it's like, you know, it'd been like thirty years. I'm like, well, you know, nothing's happened yet, so we're probably good. But yeah, it, it's it was terrible, and the town seems to be recovering pretty well from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like our big Lennox factory that got destroyed uh, is being rebuilt, so. A lot mm-hmm. of people are going to get jobs back, and it's definitely good. You texted me, like, right after it happened. Because I saw, like, it kind of rolled past Des Moines, and I was outside working, and I kind of saw, like, the funnels and shit that went past that ended yeah. up coming here. And you texted me, like, right after it happened, you're like, because I think we were supposed to film that weekend. Like, almost. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> right at the, I think at like, the Orpheum, weren't we? Yeah. And yeah. you're like, like, almost right after. You're like, yeah, uh, I think uh, we're going to have to delay because uh, yeah. the Orpheum just got hit by a tornado. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I actually had work out of town that day. I think I was in, like, Mason City or something. So when I was driving home on the interstate, I actually saw a tornado because there was tons in mm-hmm. Iowa that day. Mm-hmm. I saw one, and it looked like it was headed towards the interstate, and it was touched down, and I was terrified. So I was driving, like, 100 on the interstate, and then, like, you know, got past it and then um, was driving home, like, on a different highway and saw, like, countless amounts of funnel clouds just, like, wow. south of me. So I'm racing home get home then one develops north of town and then that was the one that that hit town or whatever but so i was kind of like just checked out by the time i got home (laughs) like emotionally yeah because i was so stressed and uh 
it didn't even seem real. I mean, there wasn't even like a breeze over here. I mean, on this part of town. And then we're like watching TV and just like seeing the devastation because there was a news crew. Yeah. You know, or storm chasers. Yeah. It was really disturbing and weird and sobering. And uh, I hope it never happens again. What was like the biggest takeaway from it? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Uh, I guess it it kind of showed me that most of the town is in like a good headspace as far as like helping people and coming together. Uh, there was some kind of like really unproductive discussions that happened as far as like our downtown plans and stuff like that. But overall, I think everyone was just like super positive and trying to like have everyone get back on their feet, especially a lot of the people in the neighborhoods that got hit so mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome when did you start messing around with like shooting and editing film and stuff like that i was like the kid who had like a camcorder at shows <laughs> and would film and would like always be filming me and my friends hanging out yeah like, all the time kind of went from like making stupid videos to like well i really like this band that's coming through town and i want to film them to oh uh, I want to work with this band and film something for them that they'll be able to use as promotion mm-hmm. because it's up to a semi-professional level or whatever. Yeah. So it just it was just something that I like always kind of was doing and then uh, really big into like editing and all the software side of it since I was really young. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of how I got to where I'm at. So how old were you when you kind of got like a good grasp on it, you think? <sighs> really probably not that long ago maybe like my mid-20s i feel like i was just kind of like okay i think i can do this like competently mm-hmm. rather than just kind of like uh like a hobby or whatever did you also have like kind of like a background in like sound engineering and recording and stuff like that yeah that was kind of the same thing like i was just always the one that would record like the demo tape <laughs> yeah. for the band and then kind of like pull my hair out with like my friend's bands that would come over and like <laughs> record and it would always be like I would kind of turn into a producer, mm-hmm. you know, and then it would just turn into a mess. And <laughs> but so I always did that, and always was like doing recordings and and stuff, and then kind of realized that I can do it, like I can do that competently, but not semi professionally. Yeah. So I kind of pulled back on that, and then just focused more on video work, and uh, yeah, left the audio to the professionals for the most part. <laughs> But you, but you still do it now, like yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, I record like my kind of like side project bands, mm-hmm. like uh, Idolist. But you know, part of that's just control too. Like I just like to have the most control. <laughs> yeah. So and then also just you know being lazy because I can do it at home. Yeah. But I, we are planning on tracking at least the drums for the next Idolist record at uh, the establishment with um, Griffin? Phil. With Phil. Yeah. No. So. At the very least, I'm giving up that. (laughs) You started doing a web series in the fall of 2017 called Upstairs Iowa, which is an ongoing series that examines Iowa artists on On and and off stage stage. through intimate interviews and unique performances. Hosted by Brian Campos. Something hosted. You decided to have a very sophomoric host, regardless of of how good looking (laughs) he is. Uh, I pretty much was just like, <laughs> Brian is the, well, because I did that Pants Off Podcast live video yeah. for you, and was like, you're wearing a suit, you're all dressed up, kind of like a TV host. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I've wanted to do this show forever. Yeah, I was like, where did the idea yeah, I mean, stem from? It, it was just, it was kind of one of those things where I liked recording bands as just kind of a hobby, mm-hmm. 
really didn't like some of the quality I was seeing with, and now it's like, yeah, now the level executed. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, now the level is like super amazing sound, and like you know, Pitchfork has a really amazing series, and like everyone has one, and they're all great and awesome. <laughs> but like when I started thinking about this, it was like just really stressful. And then uh, kind of the same with filming bands live was I just hated someone like having a vertical video with their cell phone. And that's mm-hmm. like, you know, some band plays, uh, I don't know, like uh, a full album, like a classic album or something, you know? And like, all we have is like terrible cell phone videos. <laughs> so like when modern life did their witness, I think it was their 10 year. And they, I think they played at the muse. Like mm-hmm. I filmed it. Didn't really turn out that great because it was at the muse and it was just crazy sold out. Yeah. Just yeah. like a crazy mess of people. But, you know, still better than something with a cell phone. Right. Uh, so it's just kind of that kind of a thing drove me. And then it just kind of turned into like a fun thing and grew and hopefully it can keep growing. Why did, why did you choose to have a host for it? Well. As opposed to just, you know, the pitchfork or the fucking. Yeah. You know, those things like kind of audio tree-ish. Audio tree kind of has like a, a host, but like. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like those other ones where it's just like the sample bit talking not to talk shit on any of those other ones but like yeah. somebody says something at the beginning and then they, they just play right. the songs yeah i mean it, it's it's still something that you know we're working on and growing and i had ideas and i guess still have ideas for like how i want the content to be and uh i want to just kind of keep experimenting with the formula like mm-hmm. cuz we've kind of gotten it pretty down mm-hmm. we haven't done a ton of episodes but we kind of have it down and then like once it's kind of second nature then it's fun to kind of throw other things in the mix and kind of see what what we can do i feel like we're just kind of having a meeting right now yeah i'm just telling you like this is what i want to do for the future well please do because i always feel like i'm just like you know i have my ideas and i'm like please by all means tell me if it sucks or if you don't want to do it or i want something different yeah i want you to show your belly tattoo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck you <laughs> but i i mean also i think i told you this before too honestly like my vision before i started doing this back in the day was doing exactly what we're doing right now mm-hmm. but i got i had nobody that wanted to fucking do it with me yeah and i had a no knowledge of like editing mm-hmm. or owned a good camera or like least of all anyone who was motivated enough to put in the time <laughs> and the effort yeah you know for i mean i wouldn't say there's little or no reward because we're re- rewarded by the creation of it that's like, what it is yeah there's no like we're not looking for like fucking money or like, yeah to, i mean like, when break pe- it big which i think is actually yeah. making it more and more fun every day well yeah i mean when when people like i had someone just recently when we were filming episode asked me like so you know like what are you pulling for views that's like nothing (laughs) nobody watches this like they like all right cool i'll like that because those are my friends that did a yeah a session that's it i mean i mean i don't want to talk shit on everyone but no one watches the show (laughs) it's good because it gets some the people that are in it i think usually watch it (laughs) i mean to break it all down it's all about like and i fell into that where it's like it's an investment of time. An investment of time, but then uh, the other investment of time is if you really want to get people to fucking notice it, you have to like make it orange. <sighs> what do you mean, make it orange? Oh, that was a fire festival reference. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah. Now you have to make people fucking suck dick for water. To, but uh, <laughs> you have to trick everyone. <laughs> I willingly suck dick for water. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that side of where you become like a quote unquote marketer where like you have to like apply like social media analytics and it's no longer mm, to me it, yeah it loses its flavor yeah it's dumb of becoming something like fun that you're doing with your buddy instead of like trying to package a brand yeah somebody said to me a couple of years ago they're like well you know you're doing a good job your brand has reached me and my stomach literally fucking turned into a knot and i was like oh yeah god yeah. <laughs> this is like totally becoming uncool yeah every day so i i just i think it's awesome that like you know we're both kind of on that same not to like fucking just pat each other on the back so hard <laughs> but it's like yeah we're both motivated we're both successful in anything other than this <laughs> and so we're we're wallowing in failure together with our show <laughs> yeah i'm successful in very little so this is a huge success for well me. the reason that was the other thing too is that like i have other friends that are good you know like like or orators you know yeah. that like can like speak well um in front of a camera and it was just like well you're doing music podcasts and then you know, I also figured, well, maybe we, you know, you can help get connections to people, which is definitely something that you brought to the table that I probably wouldn't have had. <laughs> At least a variety of like connections too that you have, or even just I'm willing to reach out and get the hard fucking door slammed in my face because yeah. I've had it so many times yeah. over the years. Yeah. Because before that, like, I couldn't even ask like a girl out on a date, <laughs> but I had no problem emailing Willie Nelson's people and asking for an interview, <laughs> which they were very nice about. Oh, that's but good. there's been other that. like really low tier motherfuckers who were like, yeah. wouldn't even give me the time of day or say something condescending. And I'm like, I'll remember you motherfucker. When I'm at the top, <laughs> when I'm still at the bottom, when I'm hanging out at, with Nardwar at, <laughs> at some dive bar. If, if we were hanging out with Nardwar, that, that would, I, that would be my blood pressure would be a lot higher right now. <laughs> That's all I have to say. That that whole thing was for my own ego, though. So thanks okay. for that. No problem. <laughs> uh, where do you see the future of that of uh, this show kind of unfolding as it heads into season two? Oh, which is free to watch and stream on YouTube, Vimeo, and Facebook channels. Yeah, subscribe. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smash that like button. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see it just continuing and uh it's kind of one of the things where i'm like well i you know i kind of want to get like bigger artists on but i don't i don't want it to get bigger i want it to kind of be like we'll still do sessions of uh people who aren't massively established or whatever right so it's something i want to grow up to larger acts but also still do just like all the local people here in iowa because it's there's a lot of music in iowa mm-hmm and a lot of people don't know that. Right. So. I find that like hard too because it's like uh, I was battling with that. I find that just through the people that you know or whatever, they only give a shit about the Iowa people. Like, yeah. If we did the bands that we liked, like it would get even less views <laughs> than it already does, unfortunately. Or yeah. it's going to reach people outside of Iowa who will then not give a fuck about the rest. But, yeah. You know, it's a a weird fucking dilly Uh, but not to be completely uh overshadowing all the 150,000 other projects that you do before we run out of time let's see uh you play in land of blood and sunshine Mm -hmm. we have new album coming out this year yeah this is gonna be awesome is it done it's done it's being pressed right now it's gonna come out on sump pump 
Really? Records, yep. Nice. And yeah, we're trying to do more shows and get out there because we kind of don't do a ton of shows mm. and our crowds have definitely dropped. But yeah, we were grinding it out for a long time then we kind of slowed down. So. Were you playing with them when they did that like little East Coast run of three shows with like Modern Life? Yeah. 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 And that, those were like the first set of shows I ever, you know, did with Modern Life um, being another band. Actually, that's not true. I think we did some lowest ones before that. But, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so we did that and uh, we played some marginally large kind of Midwest festivals and uh, did a couple of Codfish Hollow shows. But Oh, wow. Yeah, but we kind of slowed down. So we want to pick back up more with this new album and did have fun guys, with that. Did you guys get to stay in the house? for a yeah Hollows. i actually didn't but yeah we were like allowed to or whatever oh, yeah. um i heard they make you killer food yeah both times we played there i like missed the food because <laughs> it's like the house is kind of far away from the the barn mm-hmm. and it was just like we were there at the house too early and then we went down to the show and then dinner was being served and it was like uh but um yeah that probably like the best i've been treated at any venue wow it's been at codfish it's and there's a reason that these gigantic artists that play there come back. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's super unique and they treat you super well. So and you get fucking food in the bed. Yeah, the green room there is amazing. There's just everything. It's so cool. <laughs> uh, Idolist, which is like, I don't know, black, black metal-y. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of thrashy black metal stuff. Heavier than shit. Yeah. I do that with Luke uh, from Modern Life, the drummer, and Druids. And then my brother... Matthias plays with us as well. Yeah, we, we're writing a new album. We just kind of fleshing out all the ideas and we're all super busy with stuff, so we're trying to make time for it yeah. right now. I think when you first came across my radar a couple of years ago it was because of Glass Ox. Yeah. And is that something that you still do or no? I mean that's the thing I've tried to do a hundred times and it just always falls apart. <laughs> so I have like a couple albums yeah. worth of material and I might record it and just put it out just mm-hmm. for fun, but I don't really see us playing any shows. Who played in that? Was it always like a mix of people? Or? Yeah, I mean, it was like me and, and my friend Dex, uh, who I grew up with, he played bass. And then uh, we had this kid Christian playing drums for a while and uh, kind of, I don't know, I think we hopped around with a couple other people and then just kind of stopped. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> hard to do another project so right any drummers out there want to play drums for glass socks hit me up <laughs> uh and uh you also just put out a record of like your solo ambient stuff yeah which you've done like a couple releases of that yeah i think i have like 10 albums <laughs> i i hadn't put one out in a while and i originally started doing it as like a like a means of therapy like just kind of like i went through a bunch of crap and was just like super stressed and was not angry enough to write lots of like heavy music and so i just wrote like really minimal music Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like chilled me out a little bit and so i noticed that i started doing less albums the more stable i became as a person (laughs) (laughs) so the last one i did was just kind of uh for fun and stuff i had built up over time you felt like you needed some some kind of uh just like outlet of, yeah a would-be dark cloud in case it was looming yeah. over you i'll just put one out every like five years for my mental health so. <laughs> did i miss anything 
I mean, you're fucking. It seems like you're constantly busy doing something. Yeah, there's probably other stuff. I don't know. I just can't remember. <laughs> Do you ever have downtime? Yeah, I mean, I I retreat for periods of time, and then I have periods of time where I'm super busy, mm-hmm. just with tons of stuff. So that's kind of how it goes. Is I'll just go until I burn myself out, and then retreat and maybe work on one thing for a while. But there's always stuff happening or right. ideas I'm coming up with for things to do or create so does it ever get overwhelming no i sometimes but it's not like if something's i if i can't handle something and it's just like too much i'll just stop (laughs) like i won't do that anymore right like i've backed out of a lot of stuff that you know like videos and stuff like that people ask me to do and i give people like a very hard maybe on stuff (laughs) because i'm just like it really depends on like if i get too deep into something else i always give people a timeline that's like way the fuck far out so like either they'll be turned off by it or they'll just forget about it yeah (laughs) i mean there's definitely stuff where it's like i'm the wrong person to talk to um but then there's stuff where it's like I need all of your creative energy for this because it needs to be really good mm-hmm. and weird. <laughs> and so so I can really only work on one of those things at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working on a new Druids video right now, and that's my one big creative project I'm working on right now. Yeah. Because it's... Like 3D fucking ships and planets and cgi planets. CGI planets and miniature <laughs> ships. And fucking insane. Got to build like a little set for the ship and all this different stuff yeah because you've showed me like just like a snippet of it and like if i had to do it myself like it would look totally dog shit <laughs> like a paper mache planet and like legos it's i mean it's all <laughs> about how you motion. light it it's all that matters <laughs> so as as we kind of close it out you know bo becker musician filmmaker engineer artist fucking 150 tiles what else do you got? Chef. Yeah. Um, oh, chef. Dog Dog father. Couch potato. <laughs> dog father of two. One who just chewed up one of my oh. Apple AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of... I just saw the depression in your eyes. It's yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, fucking, you know, plug it. Plug it. What, what do we got? Obviously, we have Upstairs Iowa. Yeah, uh, Upstairs Iowa is going strong. Uh, Modern Life is War. We have probably two singles coming out this year. At very least one. Available on Death Wish. Available from Death Wish. Hell yeah. Idolist probably has an album coming out. Land, Blood, Sunshine definitely does on Sump Pump. (laughs) It's going to be a great time. So you're pretty much busy for the rest of 2019. Yes. (laughs) Don't even bother trying to book you for anything else. All right. Sounds good. No one. Talk to me. <laughs> oh, I think that's the best place to end it, dude. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, thanks, man. Thank you.
I mean, he was a piece of shit. 